Welcome to this week's episode of the North Bible Church Podcast. Now, let's join our pastor as we open God's Word together. Well, we're starting a series, an Advent series. I always kind of laugh about this because uh, we come up with these really great Advent themes, and this year it's Celebrate Christmas. And I tell the team, you know, we're going to talk about the birth of Jesus. So whatever you call it, we're going to talk about Christmas and, and the birth of Christ. So we were using this theme this year, Celebrate Christmas. And, and so for the next four weeks, we're going to talk about uh, these ideas. Uh, this morning, how the angels celebrated. Uh, and then next week, how the shepherds celebrated. Uh, the third week will be how the wise men celebrated. And the last week will be how Mary uh, celebrated, and hopefully we'll take a fresh look at what uh, this story is all about, what it really means that God came, uh, God poured all of himself into a human body, and he came to walk among us, uh, to show us how to live, uh, to die for us, uh, to prepare a way for us to know him, and uh, we'll be talking about that, and this morning we're going to talk about angels, and uh, to, to begin, I want to share a story. It's in uh, a book by the late Billy Graham. He wrote a book on angels. And one of the stories that he tells is a story about a min- missionary named John Pollock and his wife who went to New Hebrides, the New Hebrides Islands in the South Pacific. And they arrived at the island, and they were the first white missionaries the natives had ever seen. The witch doctor was afraid of them and told the tribe, that they were there to kill their babies. So on that first evening, the natives surrounded the missionary's hut, preparing to kill them. All night long, John and his wife stayed on their knees in prayer, and the natives never attacked. As time went on, they learned the language, and they won the trust of the people, and many of them came to know Christ. The tribe's chieftain became a Christian, and John asked him, we've always wondered why on that first night when you surrounded us with your spears that you didn't attack. And the chief said, where did you get all those men? And John said, it was only my wife and myself. And the chief said, oh no, all that evening we saw large men with swords in their hands surrounding your hut and we were afraid so we never attacked. Billy Graham, others, myself believe this is just one of thousands of manifestations of God's special secret agents his angels. Most of us love a good story like this, you know, we, uh, uh, it, it's exciting, it's mysterious, uh, we love to hear it, and then we want to relegate it to something like the X-Files or Stranger Things, and, and so we can kind of put it in a box and, and set it over there, and okay, that's manageable, that's sort of a myth, that's a story. But what I want you to understand this morning is that angels uh, are real. The truth is, if you believe in God, whether you realize it or not, you believe in angels. Uh, to believe in God is to accept the idea that, that, that God created angels. The, the, here's in 2011, the Associated Press and, and G, GFK, it's Growth for Knowledge, asked churchgoers about their belief in angels and found that 88% of Christians believe in angels. 95% of people who call themselves evangelical Christians believe 94% of those who attend any kind of religious institution believe, and 77% of American adults overall believe in angels. Now, the Bible has some 300 references or mentions of angels, 
Angels appear most often when God is about to alter the course of history, but they exist in the background of time. They've always been there. God created angels. Uh, They pre-exist human beings. They've always been there. They've watched. They've been messengers. They've served God in the work that he's doing uh, in the world. So we're going to look at one of those references this morning, the the, the most famous one probably, the the Christmas reference from Luke, the second chapter, and we're gonna begin in verse eight. It says this, and in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Now let me just stop for a quick second. Next week we're going to talk about the shepherds, but this morning I just want to make reference to the fact that there were shepherds in the field. Uh, They're near Bethlehem. Uh, They are the shepherds that... uh, History tells us that there's the shepherds that raise the sheep for sacrifices. Uh, They are watching their sheep, and and the reality is that if you're, they were the night watchman shepherds. And the shepherds are the lowest of the low, uh, you know, in the uh, social uh, classes. And if you're the night watch shepherd, you're the lowest of the lowest of the low. Uh, And so here we have the night watchman, we have the night watch shepherds, out in their field, and I think it's an understatement to say that when an angel of the Lord appeared, that they were afraid. Uh, You know, that I'm pretty sure that I could go on record to say that if an angel showed up in the middle of the night where I was, I would be scared to death. I would be afraid. That would be my initial response. Uh, would be fear. And you know, we hate to be afraid. We like like fear if it comes in a movie that's kind of fun, but we really don't like to be afraid. We do anything we can to keep fear uh, out of our lives, and and so often what we do with God is we try to make God small enough that to take the fear out of it. You know, we don't want to see an angel if an angel's going to make us fearful, if an angel's going to make us feel small, if an angel's going to surprise us. We, We don't like those kind of surprises. We don't like those kind of feelings. And, and so we have this habit in our lives of trying to make God small so that we can put him in our box, so that we can control how we feel and, 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 how, and, and how he comes across to us and how he uh, changes our lives and all of those things because we don't like those feelings. We don't like that sense of, of fear, that sense of being out of control, uh, that sense that there's something bigger uh, than we've ever imagined. And so the shepherds were afraid. They had a great fear. And it says, and, be, and the angel said to them, fear not. The first thing that the angel said is fear not, for, <clears throat> for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. So here's what the angel says to him. The angel comes, and, and most uh, historians, most scholars believe this was the angel Gabriel because he had already, uh, he, he had already spoken and appeared to Mary and to Joseph and to Zechariah, and so they assume that this was Gabriel again uh, that's appearing to the shepherds, and he says, fear not, for behold, I have good news I have great news. I have the best news ever in history for you. It is gonna bring great joy and it's gonna be for all people. And the reason the angel is gonna say this is because the shepherds were the lowest class and and the angel's not appearing uh, to the Caesar and the angel's not appearing to a king 
or, or a priest or somebody with power and authority, but the angel of God chose to come to the lowest of the low uh, because the gospel is gonna be for everybody. The gospel is for all people. Nobody gets left out of the good news of Jesus. And so here are these angels, these, this ma- mighty angel appearing. The glory of the Lord, the light of creation, the light of God is shining all around them and he tells them, don't be afraid because I have good news of great joy that is for all of the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He gives Jesus this title. He says, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Up until that time, the only person that was allowed to be called Lord was Caesar. Caesar was considered divine to those people. They worshiped, there was a whole cult of people that worshiped the Caesar, but he was considered the Lord. And here's what the angel says, Caesar just thinks he's the Lord, but God is sending the Lord, the Savior, the Christ. He is coming to earth. It is good news for all people that God is keeping his promise, that God is invading the earth, that he's sending his son, and he, and he is the Lord of the earth, not Caesar. Caesar just lost his job. Caesar just lost his place in the pecking order because the God of the universe has come. He has ascended on earth and he is the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. (laughs) Imagine this. You just announced the Christ, right? The Messiah has come, this angel. And, and there's the, the glory of the Lord is shining. It is bright like day. Uh, it's a magnificent sight. And here is your big message. You'll find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. It feels kind of anticlimactic, doesn't it? It feels anticlimactic for this angel, this angel of God to show up in all of his glory and strength and majesty and and for the glory of the Lord to shine uh, so that it's like daytime, uh, for them to sense all of this going around. And you would think with that kind of entrance that he would have something powerful to say, he'd have something amazing to say, like, and he's coming in on a fiery chariot, you know? He's coming in with a thousand angels and they're gonna take over everything, but that's not what he says, he's coming in swaddling clothes, he's coming in a manger, he's a baby, that the God of the universe came as a child. And the angels are celebrating that God has come, but they're telling them not the way you expected, not the way you thought, but the way God intended. Jenna and I just finished um, about 10 days almost of of taking care of grandkids, uh, five and a half, three and a half, and one and a half, and the thing that we always say is that, you know, this is, reminds us of why we had kids when we were young. And, but we take care, we take care, we love these guys. But th- you, you do things, you know, like changing diapers and things like that, that, that we don't normally do in our house, right? And uh, it, it's, it's sort of different. And, and to think that, that the God of the universe said, I'm coming in a manger and somebody's gonna have to change my diapers. Somebody's gonna have to teach me to walk. Someone's gonna have to teach me to talk. That he came in humility, that he came in weakness. He didn't come in all this power. The power would come later. But he came so that every person on the earth, both the high and the low, could relate to him 
as their savior, could look at Jesus and say, look, he came just the way we did. That's how much he loves us. That's how amazing Jesus is. And so the angels now, <laughs> there's, a, there's this huge, uh, there's this moment where all of the angels show up and they have this heavenly chorus and the celebration begins in earnest and they are singing, they are shouting, they are worshiping. It says suddenly there was an, with the angel a multitude of heavenly host praising God. Now I don't know how much a multitude is but it's a lot of angels and they're all in the same place and they're all praising God. They're all worshiping. They're all announcing the good news that Christ has come, that God has poured himself into a human body and he has arrived on earth and it is a moment of celebration. It's a moment of recognition. It's a moment of hope that God has kept his promise, that God has come and it's hard to imagine. You know, it's hard to even, if you look in history, it's hard to get a good picture of angels, isn't it? Because they're, they're not like little hobbits with wings and harps or something like that, you know? They're, uh, we, we get all these really bad depictions uh, because the Bible doesn't give us a lot of information. The Bible doesn't worry about some of those things too much. But we do have some, we do have some pictures of, of, uh, uh, of angels. You know, the English word for angel comes directly from the Greek word messenger. So we know that one of the primary things uh, that angels do are they're messengers from God. And both Judaism and Christianity have this concept also of the fallen angels that left heaven with Satan. So we know that there are the fallen angels and we know they're the angels that have existed for eternity with the Lord. Uh, now, one of the pictures that we have of angels, that they, they all have wings, we just don't have any much in scripture about that. There are two places, both in the Old Testament, that talk about angels uh, having wings, and one of them is Isaiah 6, which the angels that, uh, that are depicted there actually have six wings, and then another picture in Ezekiel, the 15th chapter, uh, talks about angels, and these angels have wings. Uh, and then we have the picture of the resurrection, where they look like men wearing dazzling white robes, so we have that image. Uh, but typically, typically, even in, as, as in everything else, angels don't look like always what we expect. Uh, but in most situations, they're, they're, you know, we, we get depictions of angels that, as huge uh, and dazzling white, maybe with a sword. They're God's guardians, they're God's messengers, they're God's servants, and they're worshipers. We also know uh, in scripture that angels carried out God's judgment from 2 Samuel 24, we know that they serve God in, in Psalm 103. We know angels praise and worship God in Psalm 148. We know they protect God's people in Daniel, the sixth chapter. And we know that an angel moved the stone. That when Christ rose from the grave, it was an angel that moved the stone to allow Jesus to come out of the tomb. There's a heavenly host and, and sometimes that host is referred to as an army. There's an army of angels, an army of, of God's angels that, that appear. Uh, it must have been amazing to see and maybe even a little bit scary, I can imagine. But God lets us see them that way. Primarily, though, the angels are messengers. So what's the message this morning? What do we want to understand? This is one thing I want you to consider this morning that as big as we think Christmas is, as big as we think the birth of Jesus is, we're only scratching the surface. It's bigger than we can imagine. It's a bigger event than we have, could ever dream. That what God did 
is greater than we can even imagine. He is more than we understand, and when we realize that, and when we recognize that there is nothing to fear from him, we will experience his peace. To know Jesus is to experience his peace and to experience his love. The question is, are we afraid of seeing Jesus? Are are we afraid of what he might see when he looks at us? Are we afraid of giving up control of our lives or or are we afraid that it might not work and, and so we hang under control, we make God as small as we can so that we can manage him and God doesn't manage us and in our lives. The angel told the shepherd that the baby was the Lord and the title meant that Caesar was no longer Lord of the realm. Jesus was Lord. The angels were sent on a divine mission to communicate divine truths. The focus is no longer on Augustus Caesar. The the focus is not on Joseph or Mary or the manger itself or the people that showed a lack of hospitality, but the focus this morning is on the baby that's in the manger. The focus isn't on shepherds or, or angels but the focus is on the baby. And the one phrase that stands out in all of this is that he is Lord. Christ is Lord. He's our savior, he's the Christ, he's the Lord. Nothing short of that will work, nothing short of that will bring great joy. The peace that the angel spoke about, nothing short of that will calm our fear. Jesus Christ is Lord. He's the Lord of this universe. He's the Lord of our lives. You know, I've never seen an angel, personally, that I'm aware of. But, uh, uh, and, and we, we, maybe we, we don't see as many angels today. I'm not sure. Maybe it's because we're not looking at them maybe, uh, maybe for them. Maybe it's because we're not sensitive to the idea. Uh, maybe it's because we're afraid of what we do if we saw an angel Um, you know, for whatever reason. But one thing that we do know is that we've been given a mandate that as angels were messengers of God, we're also called to be messengers of God. And in 2 Corinthians 5, the Apostle Paul teaches us this beginning in verse 18, that all of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses or their sins against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God God is making his appeal through us, and we implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. So here's the Apostle Paul saying that we have been made ambassadors for Christ that we are his messengers today, that, that there are still angels, but God has also called us to be his messengers. He has called us to take the good news of great joy that's for all people. He has called us to be ambassadors and messengers with, for his gospel and for his sake, that people could be reconciled to God. So that one of the questions that we ask ourselves is, am I willing to be his messenger? Am I willing to trust him with that? Now, there are two other angel celebrations that I thought I would share this morning. The first one is found in Luke 15 uh, in two verses, in verse 7 and verse 10. Uh, They're part of the the end of two parables. One is a parable of a lost coin. And listen listen to what Jesus says. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. You know what this is saying? That, 
that, that, that when, when someone who's been lost is found, when someone who doesn't know Jesus finds Jesus, that, that there's a celebration, a party breaks out in heaven, that the angels rejoice because the angels haven't been able to participate in that. The angels don't know what it feels like to be lost and then found. They've spent their eternity with the Father in heaven. They don't know what it's like to go from the darkness into the light. They don't know what it's like to go from having your sins forgiven and to live in freedom in Christ. And so they wait and they watch. And when they see somebody who's been lost, when they see somebody who finds Christ, a a, a party breaks out, a celebration breaks out. Every time someone comes to Jesus, they celebrate. They party. They worship. It's a big deal to them. Is it a big deal to us? Do we celebrate people who come from from being lost to being found? Because every time that happens, the angels in heaven celebrate. And here's the second one. It's found in Revelation 5. And it's the end of time. And it says this, And then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, and the living creatures and the elders, and the, and the number of them was myriads and myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And every created thing which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all the things in I heard in them I heard saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. There are myriads and myriads, thousands and thousands and millions of angels in heaven. And at the end of time, they are worshiping God and they are all shouting. And it's a thunderous noise. It's a noise that's so loud. It's it's awe-inspiring what happens. And listen again to what they say. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. That Jesus gets all of that. All of that is his due. All of that belongs to him. He is the one. He is the Christ. He came. He gave his life so that we might have life and we spend eternity giving him praise with the millions and millions of those who have gone before us and the angels. I wish I had, I, I wish I had the vocal cords to help you understand how powerful that moment is, that what it would be like to be in the middle of that crowd, listening to them, listening to them praise Jesus, his might and his power and his glory and his love for us and his sacrifice that he gave and yet his victory that he won coming out of the tomb and now we have life through him, we have life because of him, who wouldn't want to celebrate that? And the angels in heaven celebrate who Jesus is. They celebrate what he's done on the cross. So do I believe in angels? You bet I do. I I shared this story with some of you, but uh, my my sister, my younger sister, died a couple years ago of pancreatic cancer. And um, right at the end, um, we had a hospital bed in her room and she's laying there. She's not talking anymore, really. Um, and I'm standing with her. One of her sons was, is, was with me. And uh, just, uh, 
I'm holding her hand and all of a sudden she looks at me and she says, uh, Larry, I know you and I know Michael, but who are all the other people in this room? And I looked around, my natural reaction is to kind of, you know, kind of look around the room, right? I didn't see anybody, but I could feel them in the room. And I, and I looked at my little sister and I said, Sandy, they, those are the angels. And they're just crammed in this room and, and they're gonna escort you home when the time comes. So they're gonna be here because God is, loves you so much. He sent his angels here to, to be with you and they're gonna be with you until it's time to go. You know, she didn't, she didn't gasp or anything. Of course, I'm, I'm her big brother, so she has to believe me. She didn't gasp or anything. She just sort of, all right, that was kind of it. She laid her head back down, didn't say anything else. That might have been the last time she ever talked to me, that she spoke. But she saw them in the room that day. She saw the angels. And, uh, you know, <laughs> here's what I thought. I thought my sister wasn't famous here on earth, but in heaven she is. She, a lot of people didn't notice her passing, but in heaven, the angels celebrated. In, in heaven, one of those who'd been lost and then became found was finally coming home. And I know a party broke out in heaven. And I know the angels celebrated her. She's famous there. She's so loved by Jesus. Uh, how could they not celebrate her She's so important to him that he would send as many angels as he could fit into that room that day to be her escorts, to be there with her. She was loved so much that he would do that. So do I believe in angels? Of course I do. I believe in them with all my heart. But I also believe that we're called to be messengers. And so why do Christians feel like that they need to tell the world about their faith? First, it's because it's good news. God came, the God who loved us came. He kept his promise. But also because we're called, we're called to be Christ's messengers to the world. We're called to tell through our lives and our words that God has sent his son and that we can have life through him. So the question is this morning, do you believe in angels? That's, maybe that's the easy question. The hard part is, will you be his messenger? Are you willing to be his messengers? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. And uh, thank you for how the angels celebrate uh, for the truth of that, Lord. That we, might not, we not, might not be famous here, but we're famous there. You loved us so much that you sent your son. And Lord, you gave us this great picture of what the celebration looks like. And we are grateful. So Lord, I ask that you would stir our hearts or that you would become bigger in our lives, that we wouldn't reduce you down to something that we can manage, something that doesn't frighten us or challenge us or convict us. But Lord, that you would blow up our hearts and our minds and our lives to, be, to do something greater for your kingdom than we ever thought we could. And Lord, we'll be careful to give you the praise and the honor and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me, please? So, um, 
We'll have prayer partner in the corner. I'd love to pray, would love to pray with you uh, if you have a need this morning. And also our prayer table, as always, you can record your prayer request and we'll be praying with you and for you uh, throughout the week. And, and some of you we've been praying for and uh, we haven't heard from you lately. We just keep praying for you until you tell us to lay off, you know. So write that down too, let us know. Uh, okay, good, good, stop, good. So, you know, my life is way too nice now, okay, so, yeah. Uh, and uh, let us know about that too, we, we, we love it. Here's, here's my prayer. My prayer is that God will just blow up in our lives that we'll be reminded of how big he is. We'll be reminded how great he is. We'll be reminded of how powerful he is and how loving he is and how wonderful he is for us, to us, and in the world. And that through that, God will just call us to be his messengers. That you and I will be his ambassadors. That you and I will be his messengers to a world that desperately needs to hear about him. All right? I love you guys. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. North Bible Church is located in Scottsdale, Arizona and exists to equip all generations to love God, love one another, and love the world. For more information about North, please visit our website at northbiblechurch.com.